everybody. I'm Terry Moore, your host, and welcome to season three of the Travel Tube Podcast, where travel, as you know, is all about the anticipation, the preparation, and the satisfaction of it all. And two, well, that's all about the vibe. Welcome back to the Travel 2 Podcast. This is part two of my two-part series of my recent trip to South Africa. Yes, I know I've been ranting and raving about the experience ever since I've returned back in on November 21. And yes, I can't wait to go back again, which by the way, will be in November of 2022. Of course, you're invited to join me. I'd be happy to give you all the details. Now, part one of um, this two-part series was about my time in Cape Town, but I actually visited Johannesburg first. When we arrived in South Africa, Johannesburg was our first uh, stop. So Johannesburg was actually where I found love at first sight. And then as I progressed through the tour and through the country, the safaris at Kruger National Park, and then on to Cape Town, the love just kind of grew deeper. Now, I know you're probably saying, was it really all that? Well, to me, it really was. And I think I can probably get some other members of the tour to agree with me. Um, So today, I have Manuela joining me on the show. Now, Manuela was our tour guide for Johannesburg and for the safaris at Kruger. And I I have to tell you something about Manuela. She is something special. I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and find a good tour guide. But I would have to say that Manuela is one of the very best that I have ever personally encountered. Um, She is exceptional. And I know that I gained a deeper appreciation for and um, knowledge about not just Johannesburg, but South Africa in general. And quite honestly, I attribute part of my overwhelming admiration with the country to her. Hello, Manuela. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. And how are you? I am doing well. Welcome to the Travel To podcast. Great to be here. Yeah, great. So, you know, I'm always excited. Everybody say, oh, she's always excited about everything. So, yes, I'm excited about <laughs> I'm excited about having you today. Um, this is actually part two of a two-part um, podcast that I'm, I did based on my recent um, travels to South Africa. So um, we kind of, you know, part one was about Cape Town. It was in the reverse order of what we actually did the tour. But um yeah, so we did Cape Town, and now we're moving on to the experience. Moving on to the wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Johannesburg and the safari experience. But um, so I'll, I'm going to tell you up front, I have already talked you up. I have, like, made you the queen of... <laughs> of all tour guides, you know, in my book. So, you know, I just, I'm excited to um, have everyone uh, get to meet you and for you you to just um, let everyone know about 
the place that I have actually come to fall in love with um, called okay. Johannesburg and the Kruger area in Cape Town and actually South Africa as a whole. So without yeah. further ado, come on and tell us about yourself and, you know, your profession as a tour guide. Well, Terry, thank you for uh, those kind words. And uh, you kind of caught me a bit of guard there. You know, you know, pedestals are a dangerous place. They're very easy to fall off. <laughs> so, yes, okay. Without further ado, as you know, my name's Venuela. And I've been a, a South African national tour guide for almost 30 years. Basically, what that means is that I'm qualified to work in the whole country, where so many places in the exterior, in your country included, as well as Europe, guides are, are very localized. They are site guides. So when you take a tour, very often you might have a guide with you, but if you get to a, let's say, a basilica or a church, you've got to have the site guide take over. Whereas in South Africa, we are educated by the province that we are in. And a province is, I guess, similar to what you would call your states back in the US. And uh, so I have all nine provinces under my belt. Um, and which means I can work in the whole country and I can uh, fill in wherever I need to fill in and carry on and take it from there. So my job as tour guide primarily, not only is it to showcase South Africa, but it is to be as honest as possible. You've worked with South Africans, you've got your Trevor Noah over there, so you know we have a, a weird sense of humor and you know that we, we kind of don't take ourselves very seriously. We, we do laugh a lot and we, we very often, you know, put our feet in our mouths, but, but we are, what you see is what you get. And as a tour guide, our primary function really is to be storytellers. So we are giving the audio or the sound bite to what you are taking in visually. So often, as you know, you've traveled, you're going through a place and you see things that don't make sense to you. So I'm giving you the translation of what you are taking in visually. And I'm, I'm giving you the sound bite to, to the stories of the country. Our job, as you well know, is to have a huge broad range of information. I, I, I often will joke and say, my goodness, we are fountains of useless information. <laughs> we have to know everything from what, what bird is that, Manuela, to, um, what, you know, whatever, you know, what's growing over there? And, you know, uh, the questions, I could write a book on some of the craziest questions I've been asked, as all tour guides, I'm sure, can. So that's what I do. I'm a storyteller. I'm here to, to weave the magic of the, the narrative of who we are as a country um, and to explain our culture, our, um, our uniqueness, which we all feel we are in, unique, you know, doesn't matter who you ask in the world, but to, to tell you who we are and to be transparent about it and uh, to show you the good, the bad and the ugly and to make it fun. That's mm -hmm. very important, to make it fun so that you go back and and go back with, with your heart full, you know, and that you have a, a great time. I mean, it costs a lot for you to get here, so we want to make sure that you you have you get bang for your buck. You know? <laughs> so that's important. Yes. Well, well, no doubt that definitely happened. Everyone felt that um, the the enrichment from the trip and everything that was included was far more valuable um, than what they paid. And you know, I've already 
you know, made this statement in my opening that I really do attribute in part my overwhelming admiration for the country to you. You were, as our, as our guide at our, at our first stop, you pretty much, you know, set the, the pace and, and the expectations and you laid the groundwork of, of how our tour would go. And you just wowed us. And again, (laughs) you know, in part because of you, I came back to the United States. I, you just, everyone was like, oh, wow, you must've really had a good time. And I did. So, you know, now last month we talked to um, Tabby, who was the uh, tour guide in Cape Town. And like I said, again, you know, very good tour guide. So the two of you together just really um, put the whole experience at a level that I personally had not expected. So yeah, well, you, um, and and yes, yeah, so you you describe what you do as a storyteller. So one of the things that you know wowed me and some of the others was you know your depth of knowledge. I'm like, she sure knows a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, like a whole, whole lot, it, you know, about things from the very obscure to, you know, the common. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I guess, you know, that's what happens, you know. You know, I like to tease that as a woman, I withhold the prerogative and the right to think I know everything. It doesn't really mean I know everything. (laughs) Well, well, you have an, a pretty deep handle on the areas that you are an expert in, and that is South Thanks. Africa, so definitely. So tell us a little bit about the Johannesburg experience. What can a visitor expect? You know, um, me wow. having been a first-time visitor to Johannesburg, I really didn't know what to expect. And I can, I can you know, from a tourist perspective, give some things that, you know, my experience, but let's hear it from, from a professional. What can a visitor expect? Well, one, one of the things that, that I'm often um, not amazed, I suppose, but every time surprises me is just how everything that we are, particularly in Johannesburg, how people are not expecting it. Because we really are the good, the bad, and the ugly, like a lot of cities in the world. I mean, we are not unique in this aspect, but we are a a city that is the 70th largest city in the world, believe it or not, Uh, in terms of size. We're bigger than New York, almost double the size of New York. So we are are large. But the the inequality and the, the, the contrasts of the city and everything about it, I mean, for me, Johannesburg, when people ask me, what is your favorite city? Everyone thinks one is going to say Cape Town because Cape Town really is the jewel in our crown. You know, she's beautiful. Uh, I often will joke and say that Cape Town is like a a beautiful woman on the cover of a magazine. You know, she's been airbrushed and everything, but you scratch a little bit at the surface, you get to see a whole lot of other things. But but Johannesburg is in your face. It's gritty, grimy, stinky, slimy. It is... Joburg, you know, it it pumps. It's a uh, it's a crazy city. So, what can people expect to see? Well, Johannesburg, in reality, 
as you know, is a city that was built on the discovery of gold of 1886. If it had not been for that discovery, we wouldn't exist. Yeah. We're a city that is way, way far out of any decent body of water that we can use. We have no ocean, no lake, no river running through it that we can call a river. So, so we really exist because of the discovery of gold. Um, it's bad agricultural land. You can do nothing with it. So everything that you see when you arrive in Johannesburg from the high-rise buildings, the contrast of the, the neighborhood of Santon, which is the apex of the, the wealth, not just of South Africa, but of the continent of Africa, yeah. um, to the poverties in, in some of the townships, you know, where you see um, shanty towns and, and Littleton homes and people, I mean, living next to this opulent wealth. It's, the contrasts are really in your face. Yeah. And it is a city that has a lot to offer um, in terms of, of manufacturing, in terms of shopping, in terms of the, the history of the city, um, the gold mining, the apartheid, everything that, that, that happened in the country um, from 1976 and the 76 uprising with the youth of Soweto, I mean, that all filtered out to the country. So Johannesburg and Soweto is the, the, the cradle, if I can put it that way, of the revolution of the country and, and the whole change that took place later on then leading to, to our democracy. Yeah, so it's absolutely. a city with a, a huge historical significance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a very short history in comparison with Europe, I mean, our prehistory in terms of paleontology and hominid species is like unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, and but when it comes to, I suppose, architectural, like if you, we cannot compare ourselves to Europe because our history is just so vast and different, yeah. and and our prehistory is just so much older. Yes, we don't have the beautiful. Michelangelo's and all of that, but man, we've got some amazing art and um, and a great culture, I think. So yes, Johannesburg is Joburg, as we <laughs> like to call it, is really a, a great city, I think. Joburg, yeah. And so, of course, I agree. Um, I don't know if part of my attraction to it was some of the things that you actually mentioned, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, for me, that's kind of a real life. You know, I grew up in the state of Maryland, which is right outside of Washington, D.C., but even more specifically, the city of Baltimore, which people will fondly know worldwide as the place where the wire was, you know, yes. <laughs> you know, was was recorded and, and everything. So um, so that city, that urban, that, you know, that type of environment it's something I'm very accustomed to. Um, again, there are, like you said, there are um, divides in wealth, you know, in, in our city environment, you you may go three blocks in one direction and feel like you're, whoa, you're in a whole different place. And, you know, but then, you know, go in another direction and you feel like you're in, um, you know, just a lap of luxury. So, that's Absolutely. the dynamic of the city. And that's, of course, what you describe and what I felt in Johannesburg. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right to say that. Yeah. And, and but even in all of that, and I don't know how you feel about that, but even with all of that diversity and, and differences, there's opportunity. 
There's yes, and there's a cohesion. Somehow, th this is one of the crazy things. Um, tourists will arrive expecting us to still be in like full on apartheid fighting mode, but there's such a cohesion with the people. Uh, you, one thing I love about this country is that you can smile at anybody and people will smile back at you. I mentioned to you every time I go overseas and I go to Europe where my family is, it's like you smile at somebody and they look at you up and down like <laughs> something that cat dragged in from the street, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh, sure, but okay, I'm 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 not in Africa anymore. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so, it's not like that. You, you no. really, there's this cohesion with people. It's uh, it, it's it's quite. I I really appreciate that. Quite honestly, keeps me here in the country. Right. Yeah. And I agree. And you don't get that. You know, even as a tourist, you know, you spoke of going back home where your family isn't feeling that. But you know, as you travel around the world as a tourist, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, from the native, the people, you know, who live there. But I, there was nothing but a welcoming, um, you know, great feeling. And, yes, and I'm glad, I'm glad you felt that. Yeah. And every, you know, everywhere we went, I, I mean, we did not have any interactions that were anything less than, than I felt was, you know, very good. So that's always a plus. Um, so a first time um, visitor to South Africa, let's say they have um, 48 hours. They're just stopping through. I don't know where they might be going, but they got 48 hours in Johannesburg. They must probably be going to Cape Town, Terry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, shh, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> so what, what are the must-dos? 48 hours, what are the must-dos? You get off the plane. We want to take you to Soweto. Yes. Actually, okay, you've got 48 hours. So you've got two days with me, or you've yeah. got two days in Johannesburg. Soweto is an absolute must for the simple reason that it gives you such a great contrast as to where you most probably will be staying. So you get to really experience the, the, the two sides of the coin. So you've got Soweto, which as you know, is an acronym for Southwestern Township. And you've got to have lunch at a local Shabin, a local restaurant in Soweto, because you get to really, I was told by some African-American people that this is soul food. You know, this is the food that their grandmothers would cook. And it's true. I mean, you've got your, we don't believe in small portions. I suppose much like Texans or something, you know, the concept of small portions is lost on us. Right. So absolutely. You want to do Soweto. You want to do a, a Johannesburg city tour. Now that is quite different because that encompass would encompass the inner city. Um, and the inner city is, is like I said, stinky, slimy, gritty, grimy. It's just like, it's buzzing, it's pumping. It's a city that has undergone a huge transformation mm -hmm. uh, pre-apartheid or during apartheid, sorry, and, uh, and post-apartheid. So it's a city that has a lot to offer. Jazz, if you like jazz, the inner city is the place to go to. It is, um, and art. I mean, it has a huge variety of art. One of the places I love taking people, which is not an easy tour to do because it's an emotionally gut-wrenching tour, is the Apartheid Museum. Unfortunately, that is closed. Yeah. Um, but that, when it opens up again, that's a definite must because it gives such a great foundation to the rest of the country and to the, the rest of the story of South Africa. If we mention South Africa to anybody in the world, the, the one thing that will come to mind is not Cape Town, it's not gold, it's apartheid. apartheid. So without that, that, that is kind of the, the, the association. So that museum is, is really, really important. 
um, and a tour of Constitutional Hill, which is also in the inner city. So it takes you through our Constitutional Court. I really like the fact that we can enter our courts and um, that there's this uh, process where you're allowed to go and do tours in the court and walk around and look at the art and feel where the judges sit and make decisions and, and really get our constitution explained. Because one of the very big differences between, let's say, us and yourselves in your country is that we are a country with tribes. And the concept of tribalism is so lost on almost everybody else that's not from the continent of Africa. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, people will see a black person and they will think that all blacks will think the same or, or do all the same things and that all whites will kind of do the same. But it's not like that. There really is a concept of tribalism where your Zulu people are very different to your pedi. Mm -hmm. and, and there are laws made to encompass those ethnic ethnicities and um, like polygamy. I mean, that, that's a concept that's so lost on, on people that come from Europe. It's like, what? Polygamy? Not happening. But here in our constitution, African men and Muslims are allowed to marry more than one woman. It's part of our constitution. Whites and Indians are not allowed to marry. It's not part of our culture. So we have these cultural laws that, that are for the people. And that is it's always exciting to explain and from me to a guide perspective to see the the looks on people's faces and husbands nudging the wives and wives <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like ready ready to move right ready to relocate <laughs> uh, we're moving <laughs> and then i always say well how many of you want more than one mother-in-law okay 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 oh. you know, that's a, a whole other story yes so so yes those are the things I definitely would do. Yeah. You'll be in Santon or, or in one of the more affluent suburbs if you come uh, to South Africa, because that's where all the best hotels are. So in the evenings, you're sort of walking around there and you're having dinner at, at one, of the, one of the restaurants. And so during the day to actually have that contrast gives you a, a great perspective on who we are as a country. Yeah. Yeah. So I know now this, um, so we visited and this was a little bit outside of the city, of course, but the, um, cradle of humankind. Absolutely. Yeah. So just touch on that just a little okay. bit before I move on. So the, the you cradle about, of humankind. Yeah. No, I was going to okay, say, so you the, talked about the, um, the archeological history where you don't have some of the the other historical components, you know, like Europe or whatever, but you do have, you know, um, this aspect of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the cradle of humankind is just a little bit outside of Johannesburg, about a 45 minute drive. And it is the, the really, we speak of the continent of, of Africa as the birth of humanity. Um, so South Africa is extremely rich when it comes to paleontological history and the cradle of humankind with the Stadtfontaine Caves, which is a, a working site um, run by a university, uh, where they are constantly discovering fossils, um, Homona Ledi, which was featured on National Geographic a couple of years ago, was one of the latest discoveries, Littlefoot, um, um, Australopithecus africanus. So these are all branches of our ancestry and our rootings. And it is so fascinating to see 
projects, for example, like the genome project that National Geographic did, sort of tie in with everything that we sort of have under our feet in the soil of, of, of the Sterkfontein and Marupeng Cradle of Humankind area. So that is also, if, if you ask what would you do for two days, once you've done all of these other things, we squeeze in um, the Cradle of, of, of uh, Humankind because it is fascinating. It is. To be able to sort of just get a grip of where we come from. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where we all come from. And we often, you'll walk into Marupeng, which is the, 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 the site of the Museum of, of Cradle of Humankind, and the very words on top will be welcome home. And that's the reality, because this is where we all come from, you know, in, in Africa, not just South Africa, but in Africa, Ethiopia, Kenya, lots of archaeological or paleontological finds. So for those that like prehistory, this is fascinating. And it is a, a, a great day outing, particularly if you've got kids with you, you yeah. know, young people that um, they really appreciate that because the, the, the ex exhibitions are very interactive and you, you really get into it. So for young people, it's a, it's a great place. Yeah, it, it was a great part of the tour. I, I enjoyed it um, very much. Um, so thank you for, you know, just at least opening up that part of it a little more for us as well. Um, so, um, there are many, you kind of touched on this in, in a sense, but there are many different districts or neighborhoods in Johannesburg. Um, do you have a favorite neighborhood? And if so, why? Well, I have to tell you inner city. Um, why? Because when I was a younger woman, <laughs> I've seen the inner city as during apartheid era, where we had a, a neighborhood called Hillbrow, which was very <clears throat> bohemian and lots of open air concerts and musicians and arty farty people. And it was the place, I mean, if, you, if you've read anything about apartheid, where, where blacks and whites mingled clandestinely, you know, so it was a very bohemian kind of place. and. For me, that part of the inner city, Hillbrow, Bramfontein, those areas are fascinating to go to. Mabuneng, fascinating to go to. Um, yes, obviously, it's not the opulence and the wealth of and the plastic, let's be realistic, of Santon, because anything that has that amount of affluence, where you get Gucci, Pucci, Muchi, you know, and every store, <laughs> money around every corner. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's nice, but you know, the inner city has life. And the most beautiful street art um, up on the buildings, if you go through Mabuneng, just, you know, I, I love graffiti. Well, I love street art. And it's got the most beautiful street art under the bridges and, and um, great food. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We like our food in the country. I need to warn you. Yeah, I, I had a whole conversation you know that. <laughs> about food. I had a whole conversation about food, you know, probably in every episode I do. Because <laughs> that's like, you know. Well, here we go. <laughs> right, because it's just, you know, what is a vacation? What is, you know, a holiday travel without, you know, cuisine and food? It, it just, you just have to have it. And just always an opportunity to immerse yourself into the culture through their, their food. So yeah, absolutely. So the inner city for me is uh, is is something special. Okay. So let me um, ask you because I haven't touched on this at all, not in part one. So I'll bring it up in part two. Language. 
So one of the things that, um, and I, I know it was prevalent in Cape Town and, and probably, you know, in the Johannesburg area as well, but the the African languages, the dialects, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are different ones, but there is like a click, what is it, that clicking? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let him do it, you know. Okay. Can you tell us about that? Because I, I could <laughs> never, ever explain that if I tried, but can you give it a shot? <laughs> For those of you that know Maria Makeba, her, song, her songs, really there's a lot of clicking in it. So there are three clicks in the vernacular. You get Zulu clicking, you get the Kosa or Tosa clicking, and um, th th these languages have a click that rolls with the word. Now all of us can click, that's you know easy to do. But the minute you try and insert that click into a word, it, it, your tongue just falls apart, while mine does. I think you have to be born Zulu or Tlaasa to be able to do those things. So your, your tongue does not flow. So yes, people click, you know, and it's um if you if you watch Trevor Noah when he gets into his home language, which is which is Tlaasa, his mother. Yeah. And uh, so if you hear him talk, is he Kosa, then it is a lot of clicking. And it's like, man, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, don't ask me to do it. I can't. I'm serious. I have. A lot of black friends that will tell me by now you should know, and I'm like, uh, no, it's not, it's not happening. My tongue will not play with it. It's, uh, yes. So, it, so that's it, your cause of people. Yeah, it's it's or shorza the way some Europeans would say because it's X H. Yeah. So you know, then they would say shorza, but it's not shorza. It's closer. You've got to clear. You've got to click it. Yes. It, it, it's truly amazing. And to, I, I just found myself one time being in, I think, a, maybe a market or a shop. And I was just actually just kind of waiting around. But I was listening or overhearing a conversation. And it was, it just amazed me. I was like, wow, because you do hear languages. You know, you go throughout the world, you do hear different languages. Of course, not English all the time, like some of us think in the U.S. that everyone's supposed to, <laughs> you know, our arrogance, but so, but to listen to, and it was like, oh my goodness, and I, and I even thought um, I could probably um, learn other languages, especially some of the basic languages, you know, around the world, but I don't know if I could ever catch on to, you know, the, I mean, it just, it but, is, it is really hard. And you know that the click comes out so pronounced. It's almost a little explosion. It's yeah. it's not just a soft, gentle click. You know, it's a it's an explosion of a sound. Yeah. And you get, like I said, three different types of click, all depending on your tongue position. And uh, your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth and, and kind of explodes out the click. Please, like I said, don't ask me to do it. I can't. <laughs> well, well, I... I thank you for it, you know, just kind of explaining what you have because, like I said, I I couldn't articulate it even if I tried, and um, and so Christopher, who you know, my son Christopher, he he actually, you know, attempted. He tried. Yes, he <laughs> tried. He tried, and he did far better than I would have done. But um, again, everyone was just kind of fast, you know, fascinated by that. So that 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 was very unique for us, you know. Yes. So unique. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank yes. you. Um, let's talk about, okay, so pre-COVID, 
what do you think, because I'm not going to ask during COVID what one of the misconceptions about, you know, South Africa, you know, could have been because to me, and I talked about this in the previous episode, one of the misconceptions was the whole, you know, COVID um, and the variants and coming out of South Africa exclusively and all of that stuff. So we're not even going to address that again, but pre-COVID, what is one thing that you think um, may have been mis most misunderstood about Johannesburg? One, well, I can name quite a few, but our infrastructure, I think people so often pre-COVID would come here, and I'm finding it even with the few groups and the few small little two people that I've been taking on tour, one thing that they often will comment on is the infrastructure. They are really, often people come here very often with an expectation that we are backwards, um, perhaps because of what certain presidents have said in the past yeah. <laughs> about okay. who we are. But, <laughs> but, but it's true. There's this, there's, this, there's this feeling that we are backwards and, and the infrastructure, I find, when people see our roads, when people see, oh, by the way, don't come now because it's raining so badly that, you know, we've got potholes the size of swimming pools, but wow. that will get fixed if when you come back. Yeah, okay. uh, but, um, but yes, our infrastructure, I mean, people are really blown away by our infrastructure because when, when you get into Santon and you see these glass and chrome buildings everywhere, your, your mind is blown away. Um, mm -hmm. And our, our roads and, and the way things function, our, our infrastructure, we look very first world. We are not. We are third world. We look and function in many aspects like a first world country. But uh, I, I can honestly say our infrastructure, that, that really blows people away. Yeah. So I don't think I came with any preconceived notions per se, but I did not, I wasn't prepared for what I did see. It was uh, much more advanced than I had anticipated. I didn't expect dirt roads with, you know, or anything like that, but, um, but yeah, so it, it really was. And uh, so tell us about, because this is another thing I think is fascinating and you, you touched a tip of it earlier, but unless people know Johannesburg, they wouldn't have caught it. What about your water system and how you bring your water in because <laughs> there's no, you know, you're kind of landlocked in. Yes, we are landlocked. So our water gets piped in yes. to Johannesburg from a distance of about, I'm going to say it in kilometers, so please, ex please excuse me, about 160 kilometers distance into the inner city. Um, because as I mentioned, we are a landlocked country nowhere near the coast, nowhere near an ocean or a lake or anything like that. Sadly, our water sources and the tiny little rivers, I mean, and I mean really tiny little rivers that flow through Johannesburg are heavily polluted. We have a, a sad culture of non-compliance and non, no respect for water sources. Um, and as a result, all our water is distance from quite a great distance into Johannesburg. Yes. Yeah, I, I just found that, again, just another 
fascinating little tidbit. I was like, what? And, and that speaks to the infrastructure as well, that you, you know, how, uh, how good it must be to be able to, you know, have that. And I'll say I never felt any um, problems in the shower with water pressure or anything like that. I mean, actually, the shower at our hotel was one of the one of the best I felt. So you know, you don't you don't feel you know anything less because of how it's you know how it's bought yes. in. And and we have the best water quality in the country. That that is one thing I can tell you is that Johannesburg does have the best water quality in the country still at the moment, and uh, we are still considered still considered to be the third best tappable water quality in the world, which is a bit odd, but okay, I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, apparently it is at the moment still like that. So we don't know what will happen in the future, but at the moment, it's still like that. You can drink the water from the tap. I have never had any issues with any client in the last 30 years drinking water from the tap and getting like a a belly, a deli belly, as they call it, you yeah. know, it's not working or something like that. It's it, it, it just doesn't happen. Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So I'm going to move outside of Johannesburg a little bit because um, another very important part of our tour, which is just a staple, I guess, of any tour in South Africa, is the safaris and oh. time we spent you know, at Kruger and Maduli and everything. So just tell people what they can expect, you know, from that safari experience. Oh my goodness. Um, you are really speaking about what has to be, and I've traveled not as extensively as you, but I've been overseas and I've been places. And I can honestly tell you that safari, Kruger Park for me is, well, apart from the fact that it is our flagship, uh, national park. We've got 19 national parks, uh, which are government entities. Kruger Park is huge. It's on the east, northeastern sector of our country, bordering onto Mozambique. And um, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. You're looking at about 7,576 miles squared. Uh, you're looking at, from north to south, 220 miles, and then about between 40 and 60 miles east to west. So you're looking at this large tract of land and uh, with what, which is home to what we call the big five. And as you know, the big five are our, our big five famous animals, your rhino, elephant, lion, leopard, uh, buffalo. And uh, did I miss anything? So, so yes, you've got these, these fam apart from that, 145 animal, mammal species. You're looking at over 550 bird species. You're looking at a biodiversity that is unbelievable in that tract of land. 36 ecozones. You're looking at, well, anyway, the biodiversity is huge and it is fascinating. And, and going on safari in an open vehicle, Driving next to an elephant and actually watching this thing from the distance where you can just about reach out your hand and touch it. Experiencing and having that animal actually explained to you mm -hmm. by your safari guide, the person who's driving. 
who's going to be telling you the statistics of the animal, what they do, the gestation period, uh, what they eat. That animal just comes alive to you. Yeah. And it is something that I have yet to meet the client that does not think safari is just the best thing that they've done. Cities are cities and cities are great. And, and Cape Town, like I said, is magnificent. And, and the oceans are beautiful. But when you are confronted with the amount of biodiversity and the amount of wildlife that is just part of the scenery, which we as South Africans take for granted, because I mean, if you consider what you, what you saw on safari, um, it's just, oh, well, what can I say? It's my favorite place. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, just knock me off of my feet. I mean, the whole experience, even so we had together the pleasure of experiencing the Maduli Lodge. It was your first time Absolutely. there. And of course it was my first time, but that whole environment, I mean, we were at the pool and the elephant was right outside. I mean, I have a picture of me sitting at the pool and the elephant elephant in their habitat, just, you know, right, right there. Um, and not that place, Yeah, that place was amazing in itself. And um, just everything we saw on the experience, we, we have beautiful shots, beautiful pictures. And it's just something that I had never experienced before. And I just feel like, you're missing out on life if you don't if you don't get that opportunity because it's it really is amazing. I'm with you on that. <laughs> it really is amazing. So I'm with you um, on that. absolutely. So uh, I've already talked about you know how wild I was by my visit. So and you kind of you know mentioned how we're coming back. So yes, I'm just looking forward to coming back um, and bringing a whole new group with me. And, you know, just experiencing some of the wonderful things that you've exposed us to, um, that Tabby, our Cape Town God, exposed us to, and just um, having everyone share in what I feel was one of the most magnificent experiences I've had in my travels. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it is. It was amazing. So as we wrap up, I'd like for you to... Finish this sentence. Your, yes, visit, your visit to Johannesburg will be a phenomenal experience. So don't go home without what? Because it will serve as a constant reminder of your time spent in this great city. You want to go home with a wooden giraffe. <laughs> a wooden a giraffe. giraffe. Okay. Giraffe. As you would say it in America. Yes, giraffe. <laughs> So that is one of our biggest exports, by the way. It must be the wooden giraffe. And uh, and also, for the smaller things, I think that a fridge magnet of our taxi industry, so you have a little taxi, you know, the minivans that you yes. saw yes. with all the people peeling out of it and stuff on top of the roof, that yes. just is iconic. I mean, we have, you will, when you get here, well, you know, Terry, but when you bring your clients, we will introduce them to the taxi industry of South Africa uh -huh. and they will want one of those fridge magnets and perhaps even a Ndebele nativity scene, which are these Ndebele dolls with 
that looks like a little, a lot of people like nativity scenes for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So we have these little Ndebele dolls. They just stand. They're very cute little black faces with their little, with their little beaded um, Ndebele garments with angel wings. So you'll have angels and baby Jesus in a manger. And, and for those that, that like uh, nativity scenes, I think I have one. So I think the Ndebele nat nativity scene is also one of the great things to take back. Wonderful. Okay. That's good to know. Um, anything, um, because we know that uh, Johannesburg is the, well, Soweto is the home of two um, Nobel priest, uh, Peace Prize winners. Yeah. So is there anything um, souvenir wise that someone would want to capture yes. that, that's yes. representative of that? Yes. So, as you know, Vilakazi Street is the home or was the home of both Nelson Mandela and Bishop Desmond Tutu, who is no longer with us, both of them. Yeah. Um, and the street of Vilakazi has got some beautiful uh, artisanry. Um, and one of the things I really like are the caps that, that men will wear, which will say, I love Soweto, and they're really well done. Yeah. But there's... Uh, there are great reminders um, in that Vilakazi street of, um, of well, the curios that you can buy, you know, the artisanry that is very specific to, to the apartheid era and to Nelson Mandela. And yes, you can get all of those things um, on that street, but particularly the cap that says, I love Soweto, could be yes. that kind of talks <laughs> and beaded baskets. You'll get these little beaded baskets that you can just put knickknacks in or whatever. Um, Yes, that's very, very typical of, of Vilakazi Street. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Manuela, I can't thank you enough for having joined me um, on the podcast to talk about um, Johannesburg and let me just go on and on and on about how much <laughs> I, I really loved my visit. Um, you know, I've said it before, your, your um, depth of knowledge and, you know, just how you tell the story really um, just made all the difference, you know, in how Johannesburg was represented to us. And so I'm very- I thought it was my dance moves at the jazz club. Well, that too, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we just really embraced you on so many levels. I mean, we were intimately involved in the-, the, the um, the wedding proposal and you know, <laughs> dancing and all that. I mean, you you just really <laughs> and and helping to celebrate birthdays and um, yeah, it was fun. You Thank were you. you were a tour guide extraordinaire on so many Thank levels. You. <laughs> looking so forward to having you back one day. Yeah, and we're looking forward to returning. So thank you again for joining us, and um, you enjoy the rest of your time. Thank you. Blessings to your family and hello to Christopher. <laughs> I, I will let him know. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, Terry. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel 2 Podcast. Be sure to tune in for my next episode, which will be on Tuesday, April 26, 2022. Um, you know there's going to always be plenty of travel to in store. 
Tune into your favorite streaming service to ensure you never miss an episode of the Travel To Podcast. And you can always listen on my website, www.farmoretravels.com. Be sure to check out Travitude on our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter. Until next time, enjoy your travels and make sure you carry plenty of Travitude. Thank you.